we're just going to focus on prayer today. And uh, what I did was I kind of, I love this, uh, this thought and concept, and it's the word reset. And uh, every once in a while, we need a reset in our life. How many of you need, have needed a reset in your life before? It could be like a serious reset, like I need to hide and come out and everything's changed. Or maybe you just need to uh, get, in, uh, get into alignment. Uh, so one of my old friends, he would tell me that he just needs to go on a juice cleanse. I was like, dude, just don't tell me that stuff. That's just, I don't need to know. But uh, every once in a while, we need a reset in a part of our life, maybe a spiritual reset, maybe a relationship reset, uh, not in like, let's get rid of all my relationships, but just uh, let's, let's fix what's going on. Let's reset. And uh, if you, how many raise your hand if you guys have a smartphone or something like that? You own something like that? All right, I have one. Okay. And so uh, every once in a while, uh, one of the things you can do to bring new life to your phone is you just reset it. You hit the reset button. It erases everything. Hopefully you backed it up. Otherwise, you're going to suffer. But uh, you reset everything, and it goes back to kind of the way that it was, it was originally intended to operate, and it cleans out some of that junk inside the phone. And I, I've done that, and it's helped me before. But the truth is the same can be said about our spiritual life, that we can, uh, it's a good thing for us to reset our spiritual life so that we are back in alignment with what God uh, wants to do. We're back into alignment with what we think that, or what the Holy Spirit is calling us to do. Sometimes we, we get pulled to either side of things and we get distracted. We have things that kind of separate us and tear us apart from God's original purpose. And uh, it's a great chance to reset. So for me, there's two times of year that are really great reset points. Uh, for those of you that uh, don't have kids at home, they're all grown up and you got rid of them, that's good. But uh, So maybe you're in that spot in your life. And so when the school year starts, you just really don't care about the fact that it's September. It's just all you think is that snow's coming eventually. But the uh, flip side to that is that in September, for me, it's a huge reset time. For any family, it's a huge reset time. And then, of course, the second time is in January, where for everyone, we're turning the page on a new year, and we can just reset what's been going on. So uh, today, I want to focus on resetting our prayer life. And it was actually interesting. There's a church in England that I like to keep track of what they're doing. And they were actually, I noticed on Twitter, because they are five or six hours ahead there, where their church is. Uh, they were talking about prayer this morning as well, so I was like, oh, I feel good. I feel like we're lining up well. So here's what we're going to talk about, prayer, and I'm going to outline a few things. I've, uh, I already spoke on that, so I'll, I'll jump past that, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, we did that already. Okay, so here's the, here's the thought, prayer. I'm convinced that the Lord is leading our church to a deeper place of prayer. Now, it's deeper in a few ways. It's deeper as a corporate, in a corporate sense, that as a church, we would go deeper in prayer. And then the second part to that is that I would personally, you would personally uh, develop a deeper prayer life, a deeper prayer walk, all right? And so today I'm going to outline a few, uh, few things, and I'm going to challenge all of us to get to a deeper prayer life. I believe we can all do it, so don't worry. We're going we're gonna to feel uh, energized when we leave this place. Uh, I read to you a few quotes about prayer uh, earlier in the year, but I'm going to read a few of them again because they're so good, and I just wanted to, to highlight them. Prayer is exhaling the spirit of man and inhaling the spirit of God. Let me read that again. Prayer is exhaling the spirit of man and inhaling the spirit of God. I wasn't going to give this illustration, but I'm going to do it anyways because I just feel like God telling me to do it. I saw it. A preacher from somewhere in the States, he was sharing about this. And he was sharing about how we need to be people where that when we're, when people are around us and they get to know us, that they can see that we're birthing something spiritually, that we're, there's something about us that's different. There's something about us 
that uh, is changing. And he talked about how when a, uh, a woman gets pregnant, how it's obvious that she was intimate with someone to get pregnant, to get to that point of being pregnant. And the same thing is true about our spiritual walk. When, we show, can, when people can see that we are being intimate with God, we know him so well, we, can, uh, we, can, we hear his voice so clearly, we can hear his commands so clearly. That just means that we've been intimate with him. We've spent time with him to get to that point where we can know him at a greater level. And I thought that was just what an interesting interesting illustration and that's really our goal with prayer is that we would become we would know him more intimately now for some people especially guys the word intimacy may freak us out some people may be wanting to go through that door if it was open right now i'd be through it that's what you're saying but the truth is is that that's what god calls us to so you can call it intimacy you can call it closer uh there's this song that i used to listen i still listen to it actually uh for but it was from when i was a kid and it would say uh uh, what a friend I found, and it would say, Jesus, closer than a brother, more intimate than a lover. And that's the truth, is that that's to be our relationship with Jesus, is that there's a closeness there. And the truth is, is that I know when I am being, have been close with God and when I've not been close with God. In fact, it's so defined in my life that I feel like my life is absolutely cloudy, uh, chaotic, confusing when I haven't been close with him compared to when I am close with him and I can see things clearly. I can see things exactly as they are. And, uh, you know, we live in a world where there's so many distractions, there's so many things that pull, of our, pull our attention, pull our time away. But the truth is, God wants our time. I always think uh, every day, uh, how many of you have something like Netflix or something like that at home? It's okay. Be honest. Don't worry. It's okay. I'm not judging. I have it too, so don't worry about it. Uh, the truth is that some of us spend more time watching t uh, TV shows online or whatever or YouTube than we do spending with God. I always, that always convicts me. I'm sitting, sometimes I'm sitting at home at night. You know, I don't know. Some of my friends are like this, where you're just sitting at home and you're basically comatose because you've watched so much TV. You're just like, ah, and like you're just foaming at the mouth. And the truth is, is that when I get like that, I'm like, man, what have I done with my life? I am a failure. Like, what am I doing here? Because I'm spending more time with some morons on some tape TV show from 20 years ago than I am spending with the Lord. And I know that that would, you'd say, well, that's just... Uh, be, you're being religious, you're being legalistic, maybe something like that. Well, the truth is, is that when we spend more time with God, we get to see things more clearly. And that's what prayer is, is spending more time with God. And so let's, uh, let's jump in. That, a lot of that stuff was not in my notes. So if you didn't like it, yeah, there you go. This morning, uh, let's start <laughs> with how the Lord teaches us to pray, all right? So let's turn to Matthew chapter 6. Uh, verse 5. So here's the truth. If, you, if anyone asks you, how do I pray, you turn them to Matthew chapter 6, verse 5, and we'll read to 15. All right, this is what it says. And this is Jesus speaking. When you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites. So there's our first point that Jesus says. When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites. For they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. If, he, if the person that you're thinking of only prays in public, they are that person. <laughs> All right? So the point of prayer is that we would not, it's not to be seen by anyone. It's only to be seen by God. Truly I say to you, Jesus says, they have received their reward. Isn't that interesting? Verse, verse 6, but when you pray, go into your room, shut the door, and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. 
I, I, there's a pastor in our denomination. He's got a church down south, and he is, I, I just have so much respect for him. He just, he has such a way of explaining scriptures. He has such a way of teaching. He's funny. He's cool looking. Like, he's got the whole package. Like, it's just like a, man, it's like, oh, it's so cool. And uh, we used to live kind of near his church, so when we would be on holidays, early night, that was the only church we went to. We would go to this church. I won't tell you what it is. You can't drive there on Sunday morning. It was too far away. But, uh, the, and he was just, I just loved him a bit. And I've gotten to know him just a little bit. I wouldn't say I know him super well, but I've gotten to know him a little bit. And uh, one of the things that he never talks about it, nor should he, but one of the things that I've noticed is that there's a reason why that he's so deep in his words. <laughs> It's because he spends time with God. Whoa, imagine that. It's pastor actually spending time with the Lord. That's what he does. He spends time with God. A friend of mine wrote on a, a post he made, I'll never forget it, a few years ago on Instagram. And he was at a, a uh, well, we call them worship nights, but they're really concerts uh, sometimes these days. So like a band will come in from California and lead worship at a church. And we call it, people call it worship nights, but whatever. Anyways, so he was there. There was somebody singing a song that he really liked. And he wrote in this post, he had a picture of what was happening. He said, I'm so impressed by the uh, time in the secret place that so-and-so has spent so that they could write that song and that the church could benefit from it. And we've got this disease in the church where we think that because our pastor, like me in this case, or our friend, or this worship leader over here, or this pastor over here, or this minister over here, because they spend so much time with God, we don't, we don't say it out loud, but we kind of believe it in our spirit that somehow we don't need to spend as much time with him. That maybe they're more spiritual, or they're more holy, they're more anointed, they're more gifted. But the truth is, church, that God commands us to be in that secret place. But, and he says, but when you pray, go into your room and shut the door. Pray to your father who is in secret, and your father who sees in secret will reward you. God's the only one that can see you in that secret place, and that's the only thing that matters. Some of you in this church are so amazing. You spend time. I just love it. You spend time with God. Uh, there's a prayer group on Tuesday night, and uh, people pray across the area from their homes, uh, walking down the street. I'm not sure what everyone's doing. But I love it when people say, I was outside tonight praying in my secret place. Stuff like that. I just love it. Or I was in my prayer closet. Anything like that. It's just amazing. And it's not to gain attention, of course, but it's just to, we can use these things as tools. Let's go to verse 7. Man, I'm not going to go to any of the other scriptures I have because I'm just going to be stuck here all day. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that uh, they will be heard for their many words. How many of you have known people that just like to talk? Anyone? They, nothing's coming out of their mouth. They're just going like this. People, I was so angry this weekend. The Toronto Blue Jays traded one of my favorite players. And if I was close, <laughs> if I was closer to Toronto, I would find that general manager and I would throw him back to Cleveland. I am done. You can put that on the record. I'm done. All right? And I was... He, these guys that run the, this is my little rant for the day. These guys that run the Blue Jays, they have this way of getting in front of a TV camera, talking for five minutes, and saying absolutely nothing. They don't say nothing. They just, the words just come out. Oh, they're athletic. They're nice. They're beautiful. What does that have to do with throwing a baseball? Come on. You hit it, you run, all right? And the truth is, is that there's lots of people like that in the church. We're just talking. They're just 
heaping things up to God in prayer. What are you saying? I've heard some of the craziest, dumbest things in prayers because people, they think that they should just use words to, no, tell God how you feel. If you're angry, tell him you're angry. If you're joyful, tell him you're joyful. Like, whatever it is, he can handle it. Like, it's, he's a big God. He can take it, all right? When you pray, do not heap up empty phrases like the Blue Jays management, for they think that they, I shouldn't have put that in the Bible. Okay, they should, uh, for that. They think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. Verse 9, pray then like this. This is how we pray. So if anyone asks you, this is how we pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Here's the truth. I'll pause here. If you don't know what else to pray, just pray that. Just pray that. That's what I've learned. If I don't know what else to pray, I just pray the Lord's Prayer. It, I feel like it, for me, it just covers all the bases. It addresses our Father in heaven. That speaks to the intimacy with God. He wants us to call us Father. It's, you know, that's, Jesus told us, call him Father. It speaks to the closeness that he would like to have with each and every one of us. Verse 14, for if, if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. And this is the part that people don't like to read. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Wow, well, that's a whole sermon there. We'll just leave that for another time. I'm going to read the book of Psalms. I love to read David's prayers. David's prayers are full of all sorts of things. If you have emotions and feelings and thoughts that you don't know what to do with, just read the book of Psalms. You've got nothing on David, all right? Let's read this together. The Lord, uh, Psalm 27. The Lord is my light. This is a prayer that he's saying to God. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evildoers assail me to eat up my flesh, my adversaries and foes, it is they who stumble and fall. Though any army encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war arise against me, yet I will be confident. One thing have I asked of the Lord that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of of the Lord and to in inquire in his temple for he will hide me in his shelter for the day of trouble he will conceal me under the cover of his tent he will lift me high upon a rock and now my head shall be lifted up above many my, above my enemies all around me and I'll offer in his in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy I will sing and make melody to the Lord hear O Lord when I cry aloud be gracious to me and answer me you've said seek my face my heart says to you your face Lord do I seek hide not your face from me turn not your servant away in anger or O you who have been my help cast me not off forsake me not O God of my salvation for my father and my mother have forsaken me but the Lord will take me in. Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me on a level path because of my enemies. Give me not up to the will of my adversaries, for false witnesses have risen against me, and they breathe out violence. I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord, be strong, and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. What a prayer. 
What a prayer. And then, there, of course, there's so many, so many, so many others. I have a quote I want to share with you. It says this, As speaking to God rather than about God, prayer expresses most clearly what is believed about God and serves to affect the personal relationship that exists between God and his people. Prayer expresses that the most clearly. That's what it does. When we, re- when we pray, we, remember, we, uh, we must remember that we learn that there is a great high priest. That's the one we're praying to, who is before us. He's before us at all times. Hebrews chapter 4 verse uh, 14 says this, since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who is in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Jesus was tempted to hit the general manager of the Blue Jays like me yesterday. All right. Oh, okay, I had to say it. Let us then, not that anyone cares, let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help him in the time of need. He's been through what you're going through. That's the amazing thing about the Lord. He's been through every single thing that you've been through, every th- circumstance. Let's take a look here. A few things I want us to take note of this morning. Here's the first one. Don't mistake who we are talking to when we're talking to the Lord. Jesus, he's the King of kings, he's the Lord of lords, and he goes before us. That's who we're talking to. Number two, Jesus sympathizes with everything you say, every weakness, every struggle. You are not alone. That's what Jesus is telling us. A third one here. With confidence, we draw near to him each day through through prayer. The reading of scripture, worshiping him, I will draw closer to the Lord Jesus. When we pray, when we surrender, when we worship him, we draw closer to the one who has the whole world in his hands, the one who holds it all. And the fourth one here. When we draw closer to God, we receive mercy and grace to help us when needed. Some of you have shown a grace in your life that would pass all of our understanding. How is that accomplished? Because when we uh, come close to him, he gives mercy and grace to us in our time of need. That's what happens. When we're going through something, that's what God does. He gives mercy and grace to get us through our situation, our circumstance. Uh, Hebrews 7 verse 25 says this, Consequently, he is able to save uh, save to the uttermost those who draw near to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. God completely saves us. He completely saves us. He lives to make intercession for us. That's what he's doing at all times. He's interceding for us. Whether we pray to him or not, he is making intercession for us. Think about that. Right now, the Lord is interceding for every single one of us. Every single one of us. That's what he's doing. He's interceding for us. God, thank you for going before, for interceding on our behalf. That's so amazing. God, thank you for doing that for us. Thank you, thank you. In uh, Romans, we learn that the Spirit helps us. Romans uh, chapter 8, verse 26 says this, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. Think about that. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints 
according to the will of God. Isn't that amazing? His Spirit is always interceding for us. The Holy Spirit intercedes at a level that is too deep for words. It's, it's far beyond our understanding, the level that's being interceded for us. The Spirit is working on our behalf. He helps us in our weakness. He prays for the things that we need to pray for. His words are too deep for our words. They echo at a level that is beyond us here. When Holy Spirit is operating on our behalf, he's operating at a level deeper than our understanding. <clears throat> he's going to the deep and hidden places to intercede for us. That's what he's doing. That's what his, oh man, I can't believe it. I just, I, I can't explain it. That's how deep it is. That's how significant it is. So we pray with the Spirit. 1 Corinthians 14 says this, For if I pray, uh, sorry, 1 Corinthians 14, verse 14, For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. So for if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful, what am I to do? I will pray with my spirit, but I will pray with my mind also. Thank you. See, this is what happens when I sing on a Sunday. All right, here we go. I need one of those hats that has the drink holders in them, and I can just, like, suck it back while I'm going. <laughs> It's almost football season. I would fit in. All right. Verse 15, what am I to do? I will pray with my spirit, but I will pray with my mind also. I will sing praise with my spirit, but I will sing with my mind also. I believe this scripture is a warning. There's a warning in this scripture for us. The gift of tongues is not to be used frivolously. It's not to be used frivolously. We must always be using our minds when we speak in the tongues of angels. We're always to be using our minds. What God is putting into your mind and your spirit has purpose. It has identity. It has favor. It can tear down walls. It can open blind eyes, can bring restoration to the broken. That's what God's words can do through you. You see, the spirit is our helper when it comes to prayer. I think of every time I've ever been or uh, I've ever been or, or have ever seen anyone discouraged in prayer, there is someone fighting your battles for you at a whole other level. That's what happens when we're praying. So we're going to stand on this promise of Scripture that you are being interceded for. Right now, God is with us. He's interceding for every person in this room. He's interceding for me, for whatever is going on in my life. He's interceding on our behalf. When it comes to prayer, I was reading this week and I found this. Uh, there's script, a scripture unfolds two unique principles for us. Praise and petition when it comes to prayer. Praise and petition. Here's a definition for praise. Praise assumes that God is worthy to be praised both as creator and as the savior of his people. That's praise. The second one, petition. Petition assumes that God hears requests made that he cares and that he is able to act in accordance with the petitions. That's what it means. Uh, we learned this uh, from 1 Kings uh, chapter 16. I'm going to read this whole passage. It's a bit longer, but I think it's important to read. Uh, let's, so let's read it together. 1 Kings chapter 16, verse 26, and we'll go to 38. I tried to make it shorter, but I couldn't. So there you go. And they took the bull that was given them, and, uh, and they prepared it and, and called upon the name of Baal from morning until noon, saying, O Baal, answer us. 
But there was no voice, and no one answered. And they limped around the altar that they had made. And at noon, Elijah mocked them, saying, Cry aloud, for he is a god. Either he is musing, or he is relieving himself, or he is on a journey. I love that Elijah said he is relieving himself. Oh, man, so funny. Okay, Elijah was a funny man. All right. Or he is on a journey, or perhaps he is asleep and must be awakened. Verse 28. And and they cried aloud and cut themselves after their custom with swords and lances until the blood gushed out upon them. Super gross and really bizarre. Verse 29. And as midday passed, they raved on until the time of the offering of the uh, oblation. But there was no voice. No one answered. No one paid attention. Then Elijah said to all the people, come near to me. And all the people came near to him. And he repaired the altar of the Lord that had been thrown down. Elijah took 12 stones according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, to whom the word of the Lord came, saying, Israel shall be your name. Verse 32, and with the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord. And he, he made a trench about the altar as, a, as, a, as great as would contain two seas of seed. And he put the wood in order and cut the bowl in pieces and laid it on the wood. And he said, fill four jars with water and pour it on the burnt offering and on the wood. And, and he said, do it a second time. They did it a second time. And he said, do it a third time. And they did it a third time. And the water ran around the altar and filled the trench also with water. Now, this is what we were preparing to get to here. Verse 36. And at the time of the offering and the, uh, of the oblation, Elijah the prophet came near and said, O Lord, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that you are God in Israel, that I am your servant, and that I have done all these things at your word. Answer me, O Lord, answer me, that this people may know that you, O Lord, are God and that you have turned their hearts back. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt offering and the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up the water that was in the trench. So here's, the, here's, here's what we're learning from this. Do not kid yourself. There are no other gods before him. There's no other gods before him. God will always show his glory before his people. He will always do that. You see, petitionary prayer asks the Holy Spirit, and we can see this in what Elijah says, Answer me, O Lord, answer me. God promises the Holy Spirit for all times. Luke 11, verse 13 says this, If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? In the story in Elijah, I don't want to pass by it too quick, but we see how the people have turned their back to God and they're, they're looking to other gods before them. And I can't think of our world today where other gods are disguised in uh, materialistic things and different forms of business, different forms of uh, uh, po- politics and philosophy and different things. The tr- and we have to always remember, there is no other God before him. I, 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 can, I can think of so many teens in my life that would... Uh, do things to themselves to hurt themselves and it was because they just couldn't get into that uh, spot where God's glory would just fill them and and satisfy every one of their needs and some of them are there today and some of them are still on a journey but the truth is is that God there's no other gods before him he's the only one he's the only one that can satisfy every one of our needs he's the only one that can fill everything in our lives fill the voids that we have you see daily we seek the Lord through through prayer to nourish, satisfy, and to know Him. Daily we do that so that that we're nourished and satisfied and that we know Him. 
All right, that's, that's why. You see, prayer is for daily life. Jesus said uh, this, give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord. I read this quote before to you guys, but I want to read it again. Jesus Christ stands as our mediator so that we, though undeserving of ourselves, can boldly approach God's throne and cry out for our needs to be met. Psalm 37 verse 4 says this, Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. I'm going to fast forward here because we're running out of time and I don't want to take extra time today. But I want to pause. Is this thought of praying more, resetting our prayer life, is it difficult to do today? Let's be realistic. Is it difficult to do today? Do I, do, do, do I, Pastor Jason, do I actually live this way? Am I asking you to do something that I either do or don't do? Is this even possible to be more devoted to prayer, to be uh, spending more time with God? So let's answer the first thought here. Is this difficult in our day? Absolutely, this is difficult in our day. Here's my thought to you. Just start with your first step. We get so consumed with spiritual disciplines that we go from zero to 100 in a matter of a second. But the truth is, just take your first step. Pray for two to three minutes to God this afternoon. That's all you need to do. Just spend two or three minutes in prayer. Even if you don't say nothing, just spend two or three minutes in prayer. Allow yourself to hear his voice. You see, sometimes I'll just put on a worship song and listen to what the Holy Spirit is saying to me. So here's the second thought. Do I live this way? Do I live this way when it comes to prayer? And here's the truth. I have a long way to go in my prayer life. Every day I try to get one step ahead. That's the goal every day. I'll take one step today. I'll take another step today. That's the goal. More time and more time. I just want to spend more time with God. I want people to see that I connect with God daily so that I have uh, t- so that I have this plan that God is unfolding in my life. That's what I want people to see. And finally, is it possible? Is it possible to spend time more time with God? Is it possible to spend more time that I'm spending with God? It's possible it's possible because Jesus spent more time with God. One of the things that I, I think I skipped over was that in the Old Testament, every move of God, whether uh, with Abraham, uh, Isaac, Jacob, Moses, any one of those guys, it was preceded by prayer. Every single time. What do we find with Jesus? Is that when he needed to find an answer from God, he would pull himself away from the crowd and go off on his own. And he would pray. That's what we see every time with Jesus. You see, giving time to God is never wasted time. Let him be the first thing on our lips each day. That's my goal, all right? So that's the truth. Any time with God is not wasted time. It's time with the Father to speak to him, to hear what he's saying back to us. Uh, I've had people come to me before, and they feel a little bit challenged by some of these things I'll say about prayer or Bible reading and different things like that. I'm not trying to discourage anyone at any time. I just have such faith in every single person that I meet that we can do better. We can do more. We can spend more time with God. Well, Pastor Jay, I already spent eight hours a day in prayer. Okay, that's great. Let's do more. Let's do more. It's never enough. It's never enough. We just do more. That doesn't mean we let our responsibilities fall by the wayside. But what it means is that I want to spend time with God so that he is changing me. If you're spending eight hours a day with the Lord in prayer and nothing's changing in your life, 
I would suggest you re-examine what you're doing. All right? We need to be in communion with the Lord for him to speak to us, for us to hear his voice, for, us, for him to speak to our hearts. Man, I'm just so passionate about it. So in conclusion today, let's find ourselves uh, where we began. Jesus teaches us about prayer, and he says this, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we also forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. If you don't know where to turn, you turn here. If you don't know uh, what to pray, just pray this. Honestly, if you don't know what to pray, just pray this prayer every single day. You see, I, I've been able to learn how to pray over the years and pray for things in different ways. Uh, I've been given that opportunity. But always remember, prayer is not about eloquence. It's not about saying fancy words. It's about telling God what's in your heart, no matter what is there. That's what it's about. I love this quote, and I'm going to finish off with this. Biblical prayer is always accompanied by radical obedience. Every single time. Every single time. Would you stand with me today? Thank you so much. Man, thank you for being here on a long weekend. I'm just so blessed when I see that. It's just a, it just brings life into me. But let's just pray um, as we conclude our time together. So God, we just thank you for today. We thank you for your spirit. We thank you for the chance we have just to, to learn more about prayer, Lord. Today is just an opportunity for reset. I just want all of us, including myself, to reset our prayer life. God, what can I do to get to know you better? How can I be more specific with my prayer? How can I be more intentional with my prayer time, Lord? How can I give you more of a chance to speak to me? So God, would you speak, whatever it is, however you, you uh, whatever tools you use to speak to us, God, would we find those and use those in Jesus' name. Lord, would you bless each person here. I honor them for being uh, with us today. God, would you bring them back safely next week and allow us just to have a great time together. Father, uh, be with everyone this weekend. Thank you for those vid visiting, and thank you for those of us that have family around this weekend. Would you bless our time together? And God, would you continue to minister to our hearts. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen. Just one last thing of encouragement. Uh, I want you to remember that uh, when you spend time with God, just do whatever connects you the best with God. Whatever it is that uh, helps you meet God in the best way, that's what you do. If you need to get on your boat and go sit in the middle of the biggest lake you can find, and that's your spot, then go do it. If you need to drive on the highway, go do it. Whatever it is, take the time to do it. So be blessed. Have a great week. We'll see you next week. Alpha sign-ups out in the lobby. Don't miss it. And uh, thank you so much, everyone. God bless.